We live in a culture full of conflict and disagreements. It's estimated in the United States that 40 million lawsuits are filed amongst our citizens against each other every year. We live in a time and a culture where we just don't know how to handle when someone faults against us or does something that we don't like. We don't handle conflict very well, and athletics is no different. In today's episode, I want to challenge you with Jesus' teaching on how to handle conflict. Astronaut Jack Swigert has been quoted in the movie Apollo 13 that recounts this uh, ill-fated journey to the moon by saying, Houston, we've had a problem. That's the actual quote that was transmitted after uh, a major malfunction happened with that spacecraft. And uh, that phrase is often used to humorously describe when something goes wrong. And so I want to talk to you today um, about how we handle it when something goes wrong between teammates uh, or between you and your coach perhaps you and another person like your roommate or a teacher or a sibling or a parent. Anytime we have conflict, we have to be careful how we handle that problem. The passage I want to uh, study with you today is found in the Gospel of Matthew. It's Matthew chapter 18. And I'm going to just read verse 15. 16 and 17 to you. Here we go. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, Tell it to the church, and if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. That's Matthew chapter 18, verses 15, 16, and 17. A teaching of Jesus guiding us as to how we handle it when someone has offended us, which happens for a lot of us almost every day. Let's look at this. In verse 15, there's a a first step that Jesus is recommending. Go to your brother, go to this person, and show him his or her fault just between the two of you. You see, a lot of people are not willing to take this very first step to confront someone when they've hurt your feelings or when they've offended you. But that's exactly what Jesus is telling us to do in that first step when someone offends us. You see, our temptation is to go and talk to everyone else, right? I see this almost every week with the organization that I'm, um, you know, leading, is that people are unwilling to confront simply with humility the person who has offended them one-on-one. 
You see, they want to go around to their teammates or their, their other friends or their parents and, and talk about what happened so that they can justify themselves and hopefully, you know, get someone to tell them that they're right. But that, I might submit to you, is a waste of your time. It's actually gossip and slander. And it's very dangerous to the organization. So Jesus' very first recommendation here in our teaching is to simply go to that person and tell them the truth of how you feel. Two recommendations I have when you are to approach someone is that you use what we call a lot of or frequent I statements, meaning you say things like, I feel this way, or I think that this is the way this should be. Or a good one is to say, I feel badly when you do this, or I feel offended when you say these things. And simply sharing it with that person face-to-face in a mature and calm way, not to be mean or rude, but to simply tell the truth. It might be very helpful for you to build your relationship with that person by just going directly to them and actually not talk to anyone else about it just yet. Now, there's always exceptions to this rule, and I don't believe that Jesus would have us go to a person if they've harmed us or if they've abused us. If they've hurt us in ways that are very grievous, then obviously this isn't what I'm talking about. So if you have a situation where someone has treated you very inappropriately, you should never go back to that person. You should go to an authority right away. What I'm speaking of is more of the day-to-day grind, you know, that we just sometimes offend each other. And when someone says something that hurts hurts your feelings, you should go to them and tell them that. Or if they've, um, you know, done something that's offended you, you need to go straight to them. Don't talk to everybody else. Try it. In fact, I try to make it my habit that when someone has done or said something that has offended me, I purposely don't talk to anyone else about it. I simply pray and I ask Jesus to help me be patient and to understand their situation. And then I ask them into a private meeting where I might be able to use these I statements and to explain how I feel. Most of the time, what I've found is that I never need to get to step two. But in verse 16, Jesus gives us the second step. He says, but if he will not listen, then take one or two others along with you so that then you can have witnesses to how they're handling what you're saying. And so I would recommend that if in fact you go to this person and they are unwilling to listen, then you take another person, um, perhaps a friend, someone that actually may have experienced the same thing that you have, or better yet, Take along someone that that person would trust. And then the two of you sit down and say, listen, this is really an issue for us. And we both agree that you have done this to offend me or us. And we want you to change. And we want you to stop doing that. You know, when sometimes when uh, it's a one-on-one conversation and someone's not humble enough, they're too proud to admit where they're wrong, this next step could certainly provide them the opportunity because now there's 
two of you or three of you who are explaining and agreeing with what they've done. And so I'm guessing they would probably then admit that they were wrong. However, Jesus provides us a third step. And then, if this person still won't listen to the group, then in essence, uh, in 17, it says, if he refuses to listen to them, then go tell it to the church. And if he refuses even to listen to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. So at this point, you go to the authority. And in some cases, it might be your coach, or it might be a teacher. It might be another leader or a a president of the group or um, your boss. Whoever that authority is can kind of represent the church here. And then you go and you express yourself. Think about going to your boss or to your coach and needing to express that this person has hurt you or has offended you, but that you've already done the first two steps. You've gone to them and tried to talk to them. You've taken another person and you've tried to talk to them. And this process, that you get that authority involved, and if they still won't agree, then I believe that authority is going to deal with them. And you'll get resolution. Now, sometimes that resolution may not go the way you want it to. And the last observation I have here is that you would treat that person as a pagan or a tax collector, which is very cultural for the biblical time. But a pagan was someone who didn't believe at all uh, in the, the views of Christianity or the beliefs in Jesus. And a tax collector was kind of a, a shady person that sometimes cheated people out of money. And so these people, they would keep them, uh, so to speak, at arm's length. And their actions with them or their interactions were only transactional. You wouldn't be friends with this person anymore, and you would only interact with them when you needed to. You see, Jesus provides us that three-stepped approach. And I want to give you a personal example that has unfortunately happened way too many times. And as an administrator... I sometimes hear from people about a problem that has arisen. Um, Perhaps an athlete has been upset with their coach or with a teammate. And, you know, they skipped the first two steps completely. They didn't even try to talk to them. And they came right directly to me as the leader of the organization. They want me to go and fix it. And they even ask me to not even tell the person Who told me about the problem? I want you to think about that. So an athlete comes to me and says, this person did this uh, and it offended me and it made me mad. And and so I want you to go tell them to stop. But don't don't tell them that I'm the one that told you because they'll get mad at me. (laughs) Well, that leaves me in a very difficult position. And to be honest with you, there's nothing I can do in in that situation. If, you're, if you are an athlete who has been offended by a teammate or a coach, you need to go talk to that person. Even if you believe that conversation isn't going to go real well. Sometimes I've done that and I knew it wasn't going to go very well, but I did it anyway. And then I took someone else with me to talk to that person and I knew that that wasn't going to go very well either. And then I ended up in the authority's office appealing to that person's uh, influence. And even when that doesn't work out, then I know that I've gone through 
the proper steps to try to get resolution with this relationship. I see too many students who are unwilling to talk about conflict in this perhaps uh, social media driven society we don't often want to talk to people face to face we certainly don't want to talk to them on the phone we just want to text them or direct message them or better yet send them an email Uh, or worse we don't even want to talk to them at all we just want someone else to fix our problem And that is certainly not what uh, produces good, healthy teams. How is it that you handle conflict when someone has offended you? You know, let me challenge you. These three steps can be very, very helpful for you in being a leader on your team. You see, people are flawed and they're going to make mistakes. The last thought I want to leave with you here is that it was reminded I was reminded recently that uh, Jesus died on the cross for all the sins of the world. And we often think of that as that he died for my sins, for ours personally. And I'm very grateful for that. And I live in such a way as to thank Jesus for dying for my sins. But the other side of that is that Jesus also died for all of the sins that were committed against me. I want you to think about that for a minute. He not only died to forgive you for what you've done, he's actually died for the sins that were committed against you as well. And so for those offenses, Jesus has already paid the price. Does that change the way you might view another person when they offend you? I hope it does. Compete and train as a strong, committed Christ follower is a very difficult thing to do. You know, in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus himself said, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So I want you to live every day like that's true. Of course, we're going to have trouble. Things don't always go the way we planned them. It's a fallen world. It's a broken world. And we're trying to make it a better place. And we're using the Holy Spirit's guidance uh, for us to live like the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to take heart. The Christ-Centered Athlete Podcast exists to encourage you with each episode to study deeply the words of Jesus and the teachings of Christianity and apply it directly to your competitive training and uh, your efforts as an athlete. I believe God uses athletics in our life. He challenges us, he supports us, he puts us in a context to learn about ourselves and about him. And our faith can be strengthened through competing and training with all of our might to, to do it for his glory. So I hope this has encouraged you. I really appreciate you uh, s- subscribing and liking this. Leave me a review. Uh, Tell me and give me your feedback. Uh, I really want to be used uh, to encourage you with the Word, uh, the Bible, and some passages each week to encourage you to be stronger in your faith. And so, 
Thanks again for listening. Stay close to Jesus.